Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. the flood and the judgment came that Noah reinstituted the sacrifice. And you know, people that don't read their Bible don't realize that there were some animals that he took seven of, not just two. That's why he was able to sacrifice when he came off of the ark without wiping out a whole animal group. But see, when Noah in Genesis 8 built an altar and sacrificed the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose, the Lord was pleased with the aroma of sacrifice and said, I'm never going to curse the ground because of the human race, even though they think or imagine or bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. Never again. So even though we've had a deluge the last couple, couple weeks, I mean, how many know we've got quite a bit of water? Some of you got some of that water in your basement, and that's frustrating. Around my neighborhood, people had their whole front lawn covered. Their house was like a little island. I couldn't believe it. You know, retention ponds are full of water everywhere. But the truth is, the good news is, God will never again destroy the earth with water like that. Yay. Regions, maybe, but not the whole earth. Blood temporarily paid the sin debt until the blood of Christ once and for all gave us eternal life, which means we live forever. Then we went on to light. See, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, he reveals, he illuminates the Father to us humans. He's the light of the world. Then we talked about flesh, this earth suit, as you hear me say so often. It tries so hard to fulfill God's mandate, to flourish, to multiply, but we always end up facing death. You will only live so long. In fact, 120 years is the lifespan that was given to humans after the flood. So if you can live to 120, you're doing good. Better than most, right? But that's, that's the lifespan that was given to us. Now, mankind and their arrogance is kind of looking at God and going, I know you put a limit of 120, but we want to live forever. There's only one way to live forever. That's through Jesus. Amen. Period. Right. Exclamation mark. Amen. Hashtag one way to heaven. Hashtag way truth life, right? You catching this? I probably did that wrong. <laughs> Stephen is much better at media than I am. <laughs> okay. Jesus' death produced life in us. Okay, we have to remember that. His death produced life. And then sleep, we talked about, was a metaphor for death. And, and through the scriptures, you see this. And, and you know, you've heard the phrase, he slept with his fathers, you know, meaning that they've passed on to the next life. In literature, they use this language. Lazarus was asleep in death, right? And then the one who puts death in his place came along and said, guess what? It's not your time. The number on your days isn't done, so wake up. And Lazarus came out of the tomb. A little bit later with Jairus' daughter, he did the same thing. Why? Because death is subject to Christ. He conquered death. So he has the, he has the ability to say, wake up, the number on your days isn't done. But when the number of your days is done, guess what? You graduate and you go to the next life. You get a new earth suit. <laughs> you get a new body, that's a good thing. Okay, 
Some people, we also talked about, are spiritually asleep and they need to wake up. Then we went to departure where Jesus died and then rose. Death is the beginning, not the end. It's a path we must take if we want to enter eternity. And then the other part of this was we have to depart from the dead works or the dead ways of living or the former ways of living and the former behavior. And then Dale and Kelly, who were here at the first service, they... um, they talked about coming out of the darkness and living in the light and, and, and letting our light shine before others. And, and they talked about that. And then last week we went to the tongue because life and death is in the tongue. And we discussed that our words are powerful and they can build up and they can tear down. You can speak life or you can speak death. But I'm going to tell you, if you say friend, you can enter. Some of you will get that later. Melon. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there because I'm quirky. It's all connected. The emphasis today as we bring these conversations to close, I have to go to Ecclesiastics. Let's go to the first chapter, and I'm going to read most of the first chapter in a second. But see, the author, who we know as Solomon, or at least most evidence points to Solomon, he um, wrote this maybe not from a perspective of a, a, a good king practicing Judaism, worshiping the creator, because in the Old Covenant, that's the worship of Jehovah or Jesus, like Christ, um, would have been through uh, Judaism until Christ launched Christianity. But he wrote it more about um, a man without God's perspective, kind of looking at the world around us, trying to figure things out. He wrote it from that perspective, and I think because of that, it appealed to a wider audience. And uh, it's a book about the human existence and the human condition. And so let's start. These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises, the sun sets, then it hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south, turns north, around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run in the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. Hopefully I'll remember my place because I'm going to jump down here. He starts with, you know, hey, guess what? We're going to die. We're going to be forgotten. hundred years from now, no one's going to know who you are. And if they do, very few people will remember, right? Because this is... This is life, okay? That's how he starts. If you have any pursuit outside of Christ, it avails to nothing is what he concluded. And then he starts going into, right? He starts going into the circular nature of the world around us. And people ask me, how's your day going? I go circular, and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, listen, the sun goes up, the sun comes down. Cycle right? The rain falls down, it goes to the rivers, it flows out to the sea, it evaporates, it comes down on the land, it goes to the rivers. It's an endless cycle, the hydrologic cycle. Isn't that what it talks about? There's this generation after generation, people come and people go. He's talking about like the wind blows, where does it go? It goes here, it goes there, it goes around and around. It's circular, life is circular. It gets to be mundane after a while. You ever feel like you're just walking around in circles? No? (laughs) Okay, let's rewind. Some of you need to leave your house and go somewhere. 
Others who are just driving around in circles, try a GPS. Verse 12, I, the teacher, oh, sorry, uh, I should go back to nine where we were. History repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new, but actually it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we're doing now. Such a cynic. I, the teacher, was king of Israel. I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven. I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race. I observed everything going on under the sun, and really it's all meaningless, like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. I said to myself, look, I'm wiser than any kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. So he started with, we're all going to die and be forgotten. He goes to the circular nature of the world around us. Then he goes to the vanity of mankind trying to pursue things outside of the creator. Human labor, human effort, you're all going to die one day. doesn't matter. You can build great things, you're still going to die because none of us can escape death. And the more you know, the more you suffer. Ooh, we don't like suffering, do we? With great power comes great responsibility. And some of you are thinking, Uncle Ben to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. The comics copied it. That statement's been around since before Christ was on the planet in human form. I can take that quote back to the fourth century before Christ. Why, why, why is that? See, if we focus all of our energy on the natural world around us and we forget um, what's really happening here, you're not walking by faith, you're walking by sight. And as Christians, we're supposed to walk by faith, not by what we see. And too many people get, they stumble over what they see going on around them and they don't have the ability to transition over into faith as God wants us to see it. More knowledge, more sorrow. Hey, you want less sorrow? Stop learning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Too many today are concerned about the pursuit of wealth, power, or sexual identity. They never stop to examine the real meaning of life. Love, service, obedience. In the end, you breathe your last breath. It's not about what you built. It's not about your bank account balance. It's not about your identity. It's about your relationship with Christ. It's going to come down to that. Because you're going to stand before the creator and he's going to say, what did you do with the assignment I placed on your life? What did you do with the knowledge of my son, Jesus, that you were given? And if you've never heard the message of hope about Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, and now you're going to be responsible for the message that I'm about to give you. So you better run out quick if you've never heard it and you don't want to be accountable. (laughs) Jesus came to earth. What? Through a virgin. It was prophesied. There was miracles around that. There was angels. There was shepherds. There was wise men that came. He came in a most miraculous way ever, but humbly. Just like I humbly wore that jersey at the first service to honor my friends. (laughs) Jesus was way more humble than I. Okay. But what happens is he humbly came to earth. He lived among us. He lived a sinless life. He grew in wisdom, and his life was full of signs, 
wonders, miracles. He healed the sick. He walked on water. He fed the hungry. He raised the dead. He preached hope to the masses. He had compassion and empathy and mercy on people who normally would have received judgment and rejection. Jesus accepted them and loved them. He really did change everything. His death on the cross was for your freedom and my freedom. We're free from sin now. We can be free from sickness and disease. We're free from the curse. See, if you're not in Christ, you don't have the power to resist sin. It's the life of God in you that helps us to overcome temptation and live a holy life. So God is calling us out of our life of sin and he wants us to live a life of righteousness. He wants us to accept the sacrifice of Christ on the cross that was a once and for all payment for your sin debt because you could never pay it. You aren't qualified. How many of you are sinless? Have never sinned? Oh good, nobody raised their hand. Did somebody think pretty close? Because see, if I start working through the Ten Commandments, I guarantee most of you have broken at least six, seven, or eight of them. Some of you all ten. I've never killed anyone. How dare you? Have you hated someone? You're a murderer. I've never cheated on my husband. Yeah, but have you ever thought about it? Guilty, guilty, guilty. There's hope in Christ. Why? Because we take our sin and we give it to him and we say, God, please forgive me. Let your blood cleanse me. And he accepts our repentance and he gives us forgiveness. And when you're forgiven and then you have a new nature, we start living differently. But also, as you start living as a Christian, your perspective of life and death changes because now I realize this life is temporary, not the end. My real life is in heaven with Christ when I depart from this one. So it's all connected. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, you're going to have to read it. I only took us, when I went through this series, up to verse 34, I think, or somewhere thereabouts. But if you finish the chapter, 35 to 58, and I don't want to read it all right now, okay? But it's talking about when you put a seed in the ground or when you die, it's like a seed in the ground and it can't grow until it dies, just like we can't go to the next life till this earth suit dies. And then God gives us a new body. And different plants grow from different seeds. There's different kinds of flesh. One for humans, one for animals, one for birds, one for fish. There's bodies in heaven and bodies on earth. You get a new body when you go to heaven. It's a better body. And he talks about how our bodies get transformed and death is swallowed up in victory. And death, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? The sting is sin. Sin is the sting that results in death. The law gives sin its power. Sorry, if you're on the media, I jumped down to like, I don't know, somewhere around 56. But thank God he gives us over victory over sin and death. We as Christians are victorious over death. We're victorious over sin. Why? Because Christ was victorious over sin and death. And now that his nature is inside of us, we too can operate in his nature as his sons and daughters here on earth. But what does this mean for us? I'll say this. As a Christian, we have no business fearing death. As a Christian, we have to operate in faith every day, in every situation, 
in everything you face, faith should be our response, not fear. Love should be our love should be our goal. Love should be our mission. Love should be the way that we accomplish this. Why we receive God's love, then we take his love and give it to others. I share the story of my friend, but I love hearing testimony of when the church actually lives to be the church outside the four walls of this building. Because here, we gather together in community for encouragement and fellowship and relationship and to get some healing. But when you walk outside these doors, we actually demonstrate what the love of God looks like to the world around us. That's where the power of God is going to meet you right where you're at. And in the moment when someone's not feeling so good and you say, would it be okay if I prayed for you? And you take a step of faith and you say, God, I don't even know what to say, but I know you're the healer. Or you tell someone else, hey, you know what? I know you're in a really tough situation right now, but God changed my life and he dragged me out of the pit. He can drag you out of the pit. And we take the love. And see, if you're more concerned about natural things than spiritual things, again, your priorities are out of sync. So let's stand together. You know, as we come to the cup today, the bread and the cup, we'll start with the bread. Father, as Jesus' body was broken for us, I thank you that in our brokenness you make a way of wholeness. Every broken place in our life you restore to wholeness, mind, body, and spirit. Father, that we resist and rebuke sickness off the bodies of the people participating today. Disease has no place in our midst. The power of God is present to produce healing and life because Jesus went to the cross to produce healing and life in our lives. So we receive, God, your body today with a pure heart and clean hands, with the hope that's within us, Lord, that we don't have to fear death in this life, but, Lord, that we could fear you and honor you and lead others into relationship with you today in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus, the blood of the new covenant, it changed everything for you because without the blood, there's no payment for your sin. Jesus, we are forever grateful to you for the cross, for shedding your blood, for spilling your blood for us. And as it's applied to our lives, Father, I thank you that holiness is arising in the hearts of your people that life is arising in the hearts of your people, that faith and that hope are present, that your peace is really surrounding us. And Lord, that we would live for you every day. And we do this by dying to our old nature, by dying to our wants and desires. We lay them down at the foot of the cross. And we take up that cross and we carry it each day for you. And Lord, whether we suffer in this life or whether we enjoy a little bit of an easier path at times, we're purposing to honor you, to love you, and to lift up the name of Jesus. So Father, for those that have gone before us, we know that we'll get to see them again. 
for those that are with us today but won't be in the future, Lord. I thank you that they go to transition to a better place with you. And for some, we may be here when you return. And on that day, we'll be changed and transformed. But Lord, we know that your word says the last enemy conquered is death and all of us are gonna face it one day. Let us do so with grace, with dignity, and with great expectation as we prepare to enter eternity with you where we can hear your voice say, well done. Thank you all for joining us today. Norman and Jacqueline have some final words today as they do the benediction, and I believe you're going to be blessed. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. Hello, church. In um, worship today, we were singing um, Amazing Love, How Can It Be That You, My King, Would Die For Me. We, we deserve death. Um, we deserve eternal separation from holy God. But it was because of Christ's death that we're actually promised eternal life. But let's just keep in mind that eternal life doesn't begin at the point of our physical death. It began the point that we surrendered ourselves and we died to ourselves. So let us live with that life and that life more abundantly that Christ promised today. And Jacqueline's going to um, dismiss us with a benediction. Good afternoon. As I mentioned in the first service, praying during the week, um, I had asked God to give me a word um, that I could bless and, and pray over you with. And so I'm referencing my prayer and my um, blessing will be referenced around Romans 8, 10 and Psalm 128. 1 to 6. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Father, we praise you and thank you that we've been made, we have been born again of the Spirit by faith and been made spiritually alive in Christ. Thank you that we have the resurrected Lord Jesus living in us. Thank you that although we live in a body of sin, which will experience a physical death, that for those of us who believe, we will one day be clothed with an immortal body in Christ Jesus. Now, Father, I ask you to bless this house, this congregation, this family of believers, that we would walk in obedience to your word and be a church that would be holy as you are holy and one that fears the Lord, that we would eat the plentiful fruit of our labor and may blessings and prosperity in all areas be ours. Help us as women, wives, and mothers to be what you have called us to be. Help the men, husbands, and fathers who are the head of our homes to lead with love, grace, mercy, and strength from the Lord. May our children and children's children thrive and flourish spiritually and physically. Surround us, Father, with the abundance of your love and grace and help us as believers to be a beacon of light. For you, Lord, are the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in you will live even after dying. So let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles so we can be a light and hope to others. May we serve you, Lord, all the days of our lives. 
May your peace continually reside in this house and in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your